Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50 and use code Swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50 and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. You know, disability history isn't taught in schools. There's no unit on disability typically at churches right now. And yet there are 3 million children in the United States who have disabilities. It is something like 20% of the population, maybe even as high as 30%, a high percentage of the United States population has disabilities. And we will interact with people with disabilities. It is a guarantee. And so that is where often I think about this topic of just saying, no, the, the expectation isn't that you know every single thing that's ever happened in disability history from the end of time on. But you could give it an hour this month. You could, you could expose your kid, like you're saying, take them to a special Olympics game, um, have them volunteer for a few hours at an elderly home where lots of people are in wheelchairs. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I just love hanging out with you every week. I sincerely mean that. I have a big smile on my face when I come on here to even record this intro. I just feel like I'm hanging out with all of you, so I hope you feel the same way. Now, you are just listening to a short clip from a guest I cannot wait to share with you, Laura Whiffler, who many of you already know from her amazing podcast, book, and all the things she does at Risen Motherhood. Uh, She is with me to talk about disabilities. So if you have a child with special needs, a disability of any sort, this is for you. But also, if you don't, this is especially for you. Because I just think this is such an important topic for all of us to talk about so that we can be better friends, better neighbors, support one another. Uh, And I just think 
this is a topic I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. So I'm so thankful that Laura wrote a children's book called Like Me, a story about disability and discovering God's image in every person. It's such a great way to open up the conversation with all of our kids. And I just love this. So this was one of my favorite chats. I just think Laura is awesome. So I think you're going to enjoy this. And again, whether you feel like it relates to you or not, I think it does. So I hope you will also consider sharing this episode with your friends. This is, again, just a way to better support one another in our communities. Okay, before I jump into that, just want to thank you again for all the different ways that you support this podcast and my new book, Raising Amazing, which if you haven't read it yet, I hope you will. If you have read it, I'd love to invite you once again to leave a rating or review over on Amazon and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, as I record, a couple weeks before this episode airs, there's 45 ratings and reviews, which isn't a ton, but what I love, they're all five star, which blows my mind and blesses me so much. I literally get teared up reading what people have written about it. And so that might tell you something. If you haven't read it yet, maybe that's a good sign that you would enjoy it. And I hope you do. Also, uh, I want to make sure you don't miss any of the episodes coming up this summer. I know summer gets super busy, and I have so many great topics coming up here on the podcast, and the best way to make sure you don't miss anything is to, well, there's two things. First, you can just hit that little follow on your podcast app. Sometimes it's a plus sign or a download. It just is a way to make sure that every new episode just automatically goes to your podcast app. It used to be called subscribe, but it's not anymore. So follow, <laughs> it changes too often. I can't keep up. But the other best way to keep up with all the things I do is to make sure you're on my email list. My email list is my favorite thing. It's really what I put a lot of my time into is crafting emails to send out every Wednesday where I share a new podcast episode as well as any big news and also just some fun stuff. I try to find really good articles or TED Talks or a link to a new piece of clothing I love, but it's really kind of like how I get to hang out with all of you each week as if we were just having coffee or chatting across texting. So if you're not on my email list yet, I think you would enjoy being a part of that and you can do so at monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Okay. There'll be a link to that in show notes as well, but uh, that's kind of my favorite place to hang out and I hope to serve you well over there. Okay. Now I just want to jump in and let you enjoy this conversation. So put on your tennis shoes, stick your earbuds in, whatever you do while you listen to podcasts. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. So without further ado, here is Laura Whiffler and I talking about disabilities and how we can be better friends, neighbors, and family members to those with disabilities. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to talk to you. I think probably many of my listeners already are familiar with you, but for those who don't know you and all the different things you do, can you just give us a quick intro? Absolutely. Yes. So my name is Laura Whiffler. I live in central Iowa with my husband and three kids, and I am the co-founder and executive director of Risen Motherhood, which is a ministry for moms. Our big hope is to just to help moms connect their faith to their everyday motherhood. It's really, really simple. We just want moms to know the hope of the gospel and how it applies to their everyday lives and why being a Christian is important to their motherhood, why it actually changes it. Mm -hmm. um, to that end, we have blogs and podcasts and social media and free resources and all that kind of good stuff, which 
the majority of my day is comprised with helping build those types of things out. I love mm-hmm. getting to do what I do. And then um, in my other kind of half of my work life, I am an author and a writer. So I produce books and um, write poetry online and share different things, especially through Instagram. It's my favorite spot to hang out. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's kind of a, a little peek into who I am and what I do. Awesome. I love all that. And I'm I'm curious to hear more about Risen Motherhood. But first, your kids, what are what are their ages? Yes. Okay. So they are almost 10. I think it's like a, we're planning the birthday party. So it's a big uh-huh. deal. Right? Almost yes. 10, maybe a week or two. And then um, I have a eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Wow. And when did Risen Motherhood come into the scene? You were already a mom. How long has it yeah. been? I had two kids at the time. Um, I think I was even maybe, I was soon to be pregnant with my third and um, it was 2016. So quite mm. a while ago, I feel like, you know, being um, on this side of things, I feel a little bit like, oh, I've been around the block a time or two. I'm like just uh-huh. realizing that the podcast yeah. is old and and that means I'm old too, but um, <laughs> no. <laughs> how long it's been around. So we've been a nonprofit since um, 2019. It was official mm-hmm. uh, for about three years or so, three, four years. We've been a nonprofit. It still feels like a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our board of directors often calls us still a toddler nonprofit. You know, we're still getting yep. our legs, just learning how to walk and all those mm-hmm. things. But um, pretty incredible. We just started out with a podcast and literally we're like, let's just air these conversations. It's my sister-in-law and I, right. and we were talking about, does it matter how we potty train? Does it matter if we feed organic? Does it matter if we clock diaper? Like if it does matter, we want to know, yeah. but if it doesn't matter, we want to have freedom and not feel all right. this. Like oh, that's so good. how it came yeah. about. And we just aired these conversations as we explored what the scriptures had to say. And honestly, it just resonated really quick with women. Mm-hmm. We were really surprised that wasn't mm-hmm. It was really to just bless friends at the time that were yeah. also asking questions. Um, but the Lord really grew it faster than we could have ever imagined. Wow. wow. And you said your sister-in-law. So how is she related? So she is my brother's wife, my older brother. Oh, yeah. so cool. And was she having kids about the same time as you? And so it just started that way? That's right. She was on her fourth, though. She was a little oh, further along. She has wow. a set of twins in there, but um, she was either on her fourth or her fifth. She has five total kids now. Wow. It's to me how many kids each of us had at the time of starting. But, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Do you also live near each other? We do now. We started at the time where I was in Chicago and she was here in central Iowa. Um, about We moved to Iowa about four years ago. My husband mm-hmm. and I, we were back to being our family. Um, and for him to have a little bit of a lifestyle change with his job. So now as the crow flies, we're like a mile away from each other. It's oh, wow. Important. Yeah. So much fun. I love that. And you both have a child with a disability. Does your sister-in-law also? Is that right? Does, yeah, we both okay. do. It's unrelated. There's been testing uh-huh. done. We can't necessarily figure out if there's a connection there or not. Mm-hmm. The genetics told us it is lightning striking twice. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is just the hand of God. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think for anyone listening, most of us know somebody, at least somebody pretty close in our lives who are dealing with some some variety of disability delay, something. And so I just think this topic is super relevant. And today we get to talk about your new children's book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yes. It's called Like Me. And the subtitle, I think, always helps people understand mm-hmm. what it is. 
a story about disability and discovering God's image in every person. I hope I got that right. I just did it from yep. memory. Yeah, um, good. I'm looking at it. <laughs> um, and really the heart of the book, it just follows these two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother. And the younger brother has significant disabilities that affect him globally. And it really just is told from the viewpoint of the older brother as he processes through what disability means in his life. Mm -hmm. And my hope is, of course, that it is this cozy, sweet read that you can cuddle up on the couch with your kids because I really wanted it to just feel warm. And it's it's a story. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be this didactic teaching tool that comes down, you know, really heavy. But I wanted to have truths dropped in by the Mm -hmm. older brother or the mom or a friend Mm-hmm. that shares just about the beauty of God's design around disability. And it naturally teaches children um, things ab- about God and things about disability and also exposes them to adaptive equipment mm-hmm. or different behaviors and attitudes and ways of living and moving in the world. And so that was my hope is that there's a family that maybe is going through a diagnosis or they have a child with disabilities and they want to teach their other children mm-hmm. um, or cousins or friends Or maybe it's a family who they don't have a lot of experience with disabilities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For some reason right now, all their little kids are mostly at home and there's not a lot of exposure Mm -hmm. or they're in a private school or they are homeschooled. And so my hope was too, that this book could be a tool that could be one of many beautiful tools Mm -hmm. out there to help expose children to disabilities before there's like that first interaction that sometimes, you know, go in an awkward way. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, one of my phrases that I've talked about a lot, a a friend taught me was talk about things before they're things. Uh And I I think that, you know, kind of applies across the board in parenting. Like let's prepare our kids for things they're going to face. But I love this book because I do think if you're a family that it doesn't have somebody close to you, you know, before you're in that awkward situation at the park, at the grocery store, at school, this is a great book to introduce the concepts and have those conversations at home in a safe place. So I love that so much. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. It's also just beautiful. I love the illustrations. So, so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. She just brought, I I told my, my publisher, I want like kind of folksy, whimsy, cozy Mm -hmm. book. And, um, and at first they were like a little hesitant about this winter book because it's not, you know, I guess if you do a summer illustration, it's sort of, you can read it year round, but if you do a winter illustration, people only tend to read them in the winter. And of course Mm. I had written this about our life in Iowa in the dead of winter. It was January when I wrote the manuscript. And of course there's like sledding and cocoa and all these wonderful things. And, um, she did a great job just making it feel like this cozy winter. And I'm like, well, I would read this anytime out of the year, but you know, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm in Hawaii and we love it. So you're uh, good. Yes, we're going for a study. Absolutely. In fact, we kind of are drawn to those wintry books because we crave like a cozy winter, <laughs> you know, we get yeah. about a month a year where we really need to wear like socks in the house. Cause we don't have a heater because it's n- not cold enough, but sometimes life. when we need to like put on a sweatshirt, we're like, Ooh, so cozy. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and you know what, this is your third child who has a disability, right? Can you kind of tell us how that played out and what, what you, maybe your first response, were you prepared? Had you had some experience in your background with disabilities? Yeah, this is a great question. So, um, you know, growing up as I look back and I, I couldn't have 
pinpointed this until more recently, but as I look back, disability was always in my life. I always had someone around me or a few people around me that had disabilities. Um, I went to a public school here actually nearby and, um, I see that pattern. I see God Mm -hmm. preparing me, even though at the time, um, I'm not sure that I could have recognized it. Uh, but my daughter was definitely the first person who was like incredibly close to me, obviously Mm -hmm. my own daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. she was diagnosed at two months old with rare chromosome disease and rare chromo is a blanket term for people who have a genetic abnormality. And oftentimes they're totally unique and rare. And for her, as far as doctors know, she's the only one in the world with what she has. And I know, um, so that meant there wasn't any roadmap, you know, when she was born, the doctor said, well, Hey, we, we don't know for sure for her, but we can look at people who are similar and we'll, we'll take this cross section of people. And these are our predictions for her. And I received this five page of, you know, essentially all of the things that she could have, um, missing kidneys or liver disease or all sorts of things. Mm, And then you are sent on a journey of doing all of these quick checks to kind of say, does she have this or does she not? So we met with literally almost every kind of doctor Mm. there is because we did a scan and I'm so grateful for that. You know, it was overwhelming. It was hard, but also early intervention is so huge and Mm -hmm. so helpful for a child. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good things that came out of it, but all that is to say, they even had said to us, Hey, um, she may never walk and she may never talk. Cause a lot of kids who are similar as they grow into adulthood, that's, that's the case for them. Mm-hmm. So that was what we were mostly prepared for as mm-hmm. parents. We really felt like, okay, we, we need to kind of get behind that and, you know, get there and accept that. But yeah. God has been really kind and mm-hmm. our daughter does walk. Um, she mm-hmm. used a walker and braces just like the little boy in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. She do- doesn't use those anymore, which is a huge answer wow. to her. Um, and she is learning how to talk and communicate. And mm-hmm. you may not always understand her. Others may not always understand her, but I usually do. And mm-hmm. uh, better and better every day. So it's been really, really, really amazing to see her grow. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit, I think, of of our yeah. journey and yeah, well, tell from. me about the the older siblings. How old were they when she was born, and what was that process like? Yeah, that's good. Um, man, I I want to say they were like they're twenty months apart, so two and three, okay. or maybe mm-hmm. three and four. Um, right. she's a little bit a few years behind them, but they're all kind of stacked in there. Yeah, and yeah. so they were young. Um, at the time, honestly, I don't think they had any idea of what was going on, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting to watch them process. So I now have, as we talked about, a nephew with significant disabilities. Um, My husband has a cousin with significant disabilities who's an adult. Um, We have quite a few people in our life Mm -hmm. uh, that I can think of that are regularly in our lives with particularly cognitive delays, intellectual Mm -hmm. disabilities. And it's interesting to watch my children because they're they're around it all the time, right? And we go Mm -hmm. to therapy and they see adaptive equipment. Mm But still, you know, still there's moments where they're like, why'd they do that? Or what uh-huh. is that? Or, or they yes. ask questions that I think every kid's asking. Like, I remember when my daughter asked, um, hey, mom, is is disabilities, is that contagious? Can I get oh. it? You know, oh, yeah. and like, this was a normal question for a kid. It's totally. just a curious question. It's It wasn't uh-huh. meant to be seen. Um, but it's been interesting to watch them process and see how, while they have a lot of exposures, they're still... Co- you know, consistently maybe just needing reminders or mm-hmm. encouragement 
training on this topic. And that just because you see a wheelchair once doesn't necessarily mean like, oh yeah, and now I understand. Exactly. Totally. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, like you, I grew up in a public school in Washington state and I remember just really being drawn. They had a, a great special ed program there and they had this one building that was where they mostly met, you know, they were throughout the school, but I would spend a lot of my lunch hours and recesses in that building. And I think part of it was they had really fun, adaptive, like toys and things yes, like balls yes. you could roll on. And so one <laughs> of my friends and I would go over there and, and play with the kids. And so I really grew up just enjoying and appreciating and being really comfortable around yeah. uh, kids with different yeah. disabilities. Um, but now that I homeschool my kids, that's an area where I could see that, you know, they aren't daily exposed to, yeah. you know, anybody who's dealing with something different. But as I told you before we recorded, and many of my listeners know, I have a nephew with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And that's kind of unique in that he started off more typical. And then as he has grown yeah. older, he's now 20 years old. And so he went from walking as a little one to then using, um, using, you know, leg braces. And then eventually he is in a wheelchair, but I just feel like my boys have been so blessed by the time Mm -hmm. they've spent with him because they have learned to slow down and to help and to understand, um, what it would be like to, you know, he's at a point now where holding a a spoon or a fork, it's too heavy. So he has to use plastic, Mm -hmm. plastic, um, serveware. And so it's kind of like, they're watching this almost go in like a backward, you know, it's getting harder and harder, but wow, it's just been a beautiful process to see their little hearts kind of soften. And, and, and as they were younger, the questions were there, but now they've really grown. I feel like to just have an extra sensitivity and compassion towards kids with um, special needs and disabilities. So I love that. Absolutely. I, I hear from so many parents who have adult children now who would say, oh, the Lord used that so Mm -hmm. distinctly child's life. And I see it in my kids, you know, there Mm. is um, a saying we have in our home where we say my life for yours. And it's Mm. just to say, Christ gave his life for me. Now Mm. I can give my life for you. And, you know, we, we use that when the kids are like, well, you know, they're arguing about something and it's just like, Hey, somebody has got to lay down their life here, you know, or somebody needs help. And another person's reading a book and it's kind of, you know, kind of annoying to get up off the couch Mm -hmm. out of your coat. I, but yet my life for yours, I want to serve oh. you. And I have seen them, I think, grow in that much more quickly than I have. And the mm. Lord is still working on this in my heart. I will be honest, but it's been incredible to just see them and the way that they really are so kind and sacrificial at such a mm. young age, not mm-hmm. perfect course. They're still humans and sinners, yes. but, um, that has been a really sweet thing to see because mm-hmm. more often not, they're giving up their life for her. Mm-hmm. And and we do talk a lot like, Hey, she goes to your games. She goes, mm-hmm. you know, she can't participate in these things, or she's not able to, um, do everything that you get to do. So in many ways she is giving her life for yours and she's spending your time. And so we try to show how it goes mm-hmm. both ways, but of course there is a level of responsibility on them. I think where they see their peers and they're like, well, they're not having to hold their sister's hand. Who's, mm-hmm. you know, age and they're not having to like interpret for their sister. They're not. And so I see that on my kids, but also in general, God has been so kind, I think, to keep their hearts soft as they mm-hmm. learn. I think a lesson we all have to learn, but they're, they're learning it very, at a very yeah. young age. So it's a gift. Yeah. 
Well, I do think it's a gift, and I think it's one that probably we can't expect our kids to understand in the moment when they're young. But really, you look at, you know, the families I know who have typical children and then a child with a disability, and I just see so much character in those other kids. I'm like, this is one of the greatest gifts you can give to your kids is to have to care for somebody, to have that in your life. And, you know, it's unfortunate they can't necessarily appreciate it in the moment, but, oh, it is such a gift. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation and I want to pause real quick to tell you about a great resource available through Christian Parenting that will make teaching faith at home this summer simple, engaging, and fun. And don't we all want to do that? Yes. Okay, so this resource is called Love God and Love Others and it's a four-week family challenge to help you teach your kids the greatest commandment of all time to love God and love others. So each week you're going to focus on loving God with different aspects of who you are, and it includes a few pages on a portion of the great commandment to equip you for the week ahead, scriptures and points of truth for your family to reflect on together, and fun challenges to try it with your family. This resource is an amazing opportunity for your family to grow closer to each other and to God as you learn about his steadfast love for you and you learn to love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So to find out more about this and get your copy, head over to cpgive.org. That's CP as in Christian Parenting, cpgive.org. I know this will be super practical and helpful this summer as you want to make the most of all of your time together. All right, friends, hope you enjoy that. And now we'll get back to today's show. So we have some good friends here in Hawaii who have a child who had, was born with spina bifida and just a lot of complications with that. And he's just at an age now where um, he's starting to realize he he can't use his legs. So from the waist down about he's paralyzed. And, and I think they're really struggling just because he's at that age now where he is becoming more aware of the fact that he's not able to jump up and do the things that other kids are doing. Um, has Have you dealt with some of that with your daughter or is because she doesn't communicate as much? Like, I'm, I'm curious if you have any advice or wisdom for those out there who maybe have a child who's younger and they're helping them look around themselves and see, and have you walked yeah. through some of that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, I have so much compassion on just mm. parenting through that. It's gotta be just very, very hard. I will be honest and say, you know, my daughter has intellectual disabilities mm-hmm. and right now where she's at, she doesn't know mm-hmm. that she's different. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't really hide that she has a disability from mm-hmm. her. It's not like we don't talk about it, but mm-hmm. we also are not like, you have a disability. You are right. different. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah. So she doesn't have an awareness, a social awareness yet, but what I would encourage any parent, because, you know, this is like a parent's just, you never want your child to be bullied. You never want your child no. to feel other or different. And I do think about this a lot, but just that importance of teaching them where their identity is found and where their value is found. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just thinking through the Imago Dei and, you know, just meeting the image of God, but what a foundational truth that is for all of our kids. All of them. That's right. And whether they have a disability or not, every child is going to go through a season where they are not included. They are not Mm -hmm. the top of their game. They are not Mm -hmm. the one, you know, they're going to feel shunned by friends. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel out of sorts. They're going to feel other, but there is so much truth to the, to the reality that 
it is okay to feel other as a Christian mm-hmm. and it is okay to feel different. And mm-hmm. the Bible promise that we're all going to be accepted and understood. Yeah, and I yeah. think children with disabilities, especially those that are cognitively capable, but maybe have a physical difference and mm-hmm. they feel that coming out. Um, I think for, for those children and just any other child, maybe they're a star sports player, mm-hmm. maybe they're incredible mm-hmm. at the arts and music, but when those things fail them, yep. that they have a very clear theology of the Imago Dei, that they are made in the image of God, that's what gives them dignity. That's what gives mm-hmm. them value. That that is steadfast. It never mm-hmm. changes. It doesn't waver. They can win all the trophies in the world and it is not more or less. Mm-hmm. And that for all of our kids, I think is something that as parents, we have to train them in. And then let's say you do have a child with doesn't that does not have disabilities. Operating from a place of knowing their dignity and worth then mm-hmm. allows them to do what we talked about earlier, which is my life for yours. Yeah. It says, I'm secure in Christ. I know who I am. I know that God made me and that it doesn't, I'm not doing this to earn his favor and I'm not doing it. And I'm not avoiding this stuff because I'm afraid or anything like instead they can operate from this place of being securely loved and they can go out and they can move towards someone who is lesser than them. And Mm. they can say, Hey, I see that that you have differences than me. I see that life might even be a little bit more harder for you, but I want to go and I want to use whatever power I have, whatever. And I mean power in the sense of like socioeconomic status, race, ability, Mm -hmm. uh, popularity, although that's what I mean by power. And that's what I mean by less is saying, Mm -hmm. oh, someone maybe doesn't have as much social power, who doesn't maybe have as much abilities, that that kind of thing. I want to clarify that just in case. Sure, totally. Um, But with that, when your identity is rooted in Christ, then I think you can go forward and operate out of this place of total love and total acceptance and offer that to other people. But until Mm. we get there, we're constantly going to be kind of having these roving eyes and looking over Mm. our shoulders and saying, Hey, I don't know, like maybe there's somebody better to spend time with. Hey, maybe Mm. there's, you know, somebody else who can take me a little bit further or make me Mm. more popular, make me Mm. feel better. And and that's not the call of the gospel. That's not oh. the realities of what God has called us to. That's not what Christ did for us. You know, mm-hmm. He came to us when we had nothing to offer him and yes. said, I choose you. Yes. You are who I want. You are who I love. I will die on this cross for you. And I am going to give everything and die a torturous death because mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to give me. And that's what we can model. We don't want to cheapen mm-hmm. the gospel. We want to honor the gospel with yeah. our lives. So, so I got kind of preachy there, but that's love that's it. You no, know, <laughs> that is so good. And again, anyone who reads what I write and listens knows that like our, our kids' identity is something I just keep coming back to over and over and over. And and part of the message, I mean, I, I love this topic so much. And that's why I think I was so excited to talk to you because <laughs> I often think that again, there's such a gift and it's hard to see sometimes because it's kind of wrapped maybe in this disability or in other challenges. You know, I talk a lot about adversity and and a chapter of my book, Raising Amazing, is about how adversity is a fuel for greatness. And those kids who don't have much adversity are actually missing out on a real opportunity to grow. But, you know, my 19-year-old is a professional surfer and He's had to wrestle with his identity because when he does well, it's so easy to put his hope and his confidence in his abilities, but then the next contest might be a loss and then he could be crushed. And so for him, it's just been about digging in daily to remind himself that 
who I am is not dependent on my, you know, how well I do, my performance, my popularity, my success or failure. It is all about what God has to say about me. And then like you said, then you're free. Then you're free (laughs) to do the things you do, to love the people, to be just, it is so beautiful. And again, there's just such a, I think sometimes the kids who have it the easiest really there's going to be a deeper struggle that they're going to have to come to terms with. And so these are just such great conversations for us to have with our kids, right? Oh, Uh. totally. And I have found too, that just that, um, adversity piece, you know, I mean, I know we can't like force adversity on our kids and we shouldn't, God doesn't ask us to like, be like, let's try for suffering, you know, but this, this reality, I think that we can all look back and say that our hardships and our suffering Mm. is what transformed us into being more like Christ. You know, like I don't Mm -hmm. often look back and be like, yeah, you know, that time when I was honored with that award, like I felt really Christ-like. I felt really close to God. Like, I mean, there can, that can happen, of course. But in general, when I say like, oh, you know, I feel like the Lord really grew me in that season Mm -hmm. was seasons of hardship and seasons of suffering. I think so often we have our goals mixed up, right? We think the goal in this life is to become the best that we can, to make the most money that we can, to be as happy as we can. And we may not want to articulate that, but like deep mm-hmm. down, oh yeah, that's, that's what we're going for. It's like, I want to have a cush life and I want kids uh-huh. that love me, kids that come home for Christmas and then I can take them on trips. You know, that's, yes. those are the things that we're going for. But when we remind ourselves of the gospel truth that no, 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 this life is all about becoming more and more like Christ to be mm-hmm. prepared for heaven for the day that yeah. I meet my savior yep. and my knee hits the ground. Yep that transforms how you spend your time. Mm-hmm. And you may experience great successes, but you are sobered by the realities that they pale in comparison to what waits, awaits you in eternity. You know, oh the, the shores of glory are yes. going to be so much better than anything we can accomplish here. And I think it puts a lot of perspective on our rising and our falling in all of the areas of life to just say, hey, I just want to remain steady and stewarding whatever mm-hmm. the Lord has for me to have open hands that says, I receive what you have, Lord, because my goal isn't to collect here and to make sure that, you know, I'm carrying my big backpack into heaven. No, it's to remember, I don't get a backpack for heaven and that I just want to be more like you. Just do whatever you will, Lord. Mm, That is so good. So, so good. And two different thoughts. I I want to go two different directions with this and I know I'll I'll let you go eventually, but I could chat about (laughs) this stuff all day. But one thing I was thinking on this topic again of adversity and how well, what do we do for those kids who might have a really healthy, comfortable life? Um, you know, I, I suggest in my book that we do need to create, so give them some opportunities to face challenges, you know, push them, nudge them out there. But also I'm thinking perhaps there's some things we can do intentionally as parents to expose our kids to more situations, whether it's bring them somewhere where maybe they can get to know some kids with disabilities. Um, Maybe it's going on a mission trip to see people who are less fortunate. Uh, I know that I've always loved the elderly. So when I was a kid, I would often go visit nursing homes and just spend time with the elderly. Just that was my heart. And I've brought my kids because of that too. Because I'm like, I, I don't want them to be uncomfortable, you know, with if they're around, if their grandparents get older and have some, you know, challenges, yeah. I want them to be comfortable around this stuff. So I think exposing kids to yes. other people is maybe something that takes intentionality, but is a worthwhile um, endeavor. So Yes. Yeah. I mean, first of all, let me say, you sound like the most awesome kid, like hanging out with kids with disabilities, <laughs> going to see the elderly, like, please let me raise kids like you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, oh, yeah. but I think you're, you're totally right that there is an element 
that, you know, for me, I'm like, man, I have been so blessed by getting to know people who have disabilities. Mm -hmm. I've been so incredibly blessed and I want that for everyone. And I have to remind myself, like something that I am passionate about is people not being passionate about everything, right? Like we do not Mm. have capacity to be like, I'm going to care about this issue and that issue and this Mm -hmm. issue, and I'm going to be an expert. And I think, you know, the past few years, that felt required of many of yes. us, right? We yes. knew the ins and out of everything. We had a sound bite. We had a hot yeah. take every single mm-hmm. thing. And I think many of us learned that is impossible. And I'm grateful to see some changes in that where the expectations are a little more realistic for what a human mind and body is capable of. So I am passionate about people not having to feel pressure to be mm-hmm. this abilities yes. or something. Yes. But on the other hand, there is a very real reality that most of us, and I would have put myself in this category prior to having a daughter with disabilities, know pretty much nothing to zero about disabilities. Mm, right? mm-hmm. I think about my daughter and I'm like, okay, she spends about seven hours a day learning how to conform to the world around her, mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. To modify her behavior, her actions, her thoughts, her eating, her speech in a way that makes other people feel comfortable and it mm. makes them feel like, oh, you are like me and acceptable and um, you make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Seven hours a day, that's what she spends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That she can come home and kind of be herself. And I think about how many people have spent even one hour learning about the disabled community, even one yeah. hour. Mm-hmm. You know, disability history isn't taught in schools. There's mm-hmm. no unit on disability typically at churches right now. Mm-hmm. And yet there are 3 million children in the United States who have disabilities. Mm-hmm. It is something yeah. like 20% of the population, maybe even as high as 30%. I don't have my stats in front of me. A high percentage of the United States population has disabilities mm-hmm. and we will interact with people with disabilities. Mm-hmm guarantee. Mm-hmm. And so that is where often I think about this topic of just saying, no, the, the expectation isn't that, you know, every single thing that's ever happened in disability history from the end of time on. Right. But you could give it an hour this mm-hmm. month. You could, yeah. You could expose your kid. Like you're saying, take them to a special Olympics game, um, mm-hmm. have them volunteer for a few hours at an elderly home where lots of people are in wheelchairs, um, mm-hmm. have them volunteer with a neighbor kid. I know I've been immensely blessed by some of my neighbors saying, to their older children, hey, I'm going to have you spend a half an hour every week just hanging out with yes. Eden, with my daughter. Yes. And it is a gift to me to feel like there is a responsible, you know, 12-year-old spending time with my daughter. It's a gift to her because mm. very rarely does a child say to her, hey, what do you want to do? And just mm. give them all of her attention. Um, and I think it is a gift to that older child to learn how to interact with someone who yeah. does behave differently. And it, but it takes a parent's initiative mm. to say, hey, I'm going to have, this is what you're going to do. You're going to move towards that person. Mm-hmm. But then like you were in high school and, you know, and like the ways that you're doing it now with your children, like that's how we raise the next generation to mm. become around disabilities. Yes. Parents, we start that. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And and I have to just give a shout out to my dad because I think it was mm-hmm. my dad every day when he left for work. He, he, my dad's just known for his phrases that like have yeah. lived forever and he continues to use to this day. But every day he would say, hey, if you get a chance today, help somebody. Oh, get a chance God. today, help somebody. That was just his little phrase as he left for work. And so I think all, you know, from as young of an age as I can remember, I would be thinking, cause I thought later I want to tell dad who I helped today. So I, th- I really do oh, believe yes. before even like my actual spiritual growth 
began to develop, it was dad's voice just saying, help somebody. And that's so much the heart of God. But no, I, I just appreciate that so much. And I guess before we close now, I'm just feeling like I want to speak a little bit more to those who are listening, who do have kids with um, any kind of a special need or disability and maybe are earlier on in their journey. Um, if somebody's not sending their kid over to hang out, do you, do you have any advice? Like, what do you recommend? Should they ask for help from friends? How, how can they communicate maybe their need or desire? Give us some tips from yeah. your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know disabilities can feel very isolating and mm-hmm. it can feel, you know, I think back to the fact that quote, no one else in the world was the same as my daughter. Like it wasn't like, oh, there's a yeah. Down syndrome spectrum or an autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And even then the path is very unknown and broad and very difficult. Um, so I understand that feeling. And I think my encouragement to anybody who's feeling alone in their journey um, would be yes to, to not be afraid to ask. You know, I think a lot of times I have been surprised by how many people they have a desire, but they don't know how, and they're afraid. And I hate that. I hate that reality in our world that so many people yeah are like, Oh, I've been wanting to help, but I've been afraid to ask. I didn't want to offend you or I didn't want to hurt you. And so, you know, even just saying like, Hey, I just had an idea. Like, you know, if any of your kiddos want to spend time with mine this summer, I would absolutely love to train them on, you know, a little bit of how to interact. Um, because I do think sometimes it just takes the courage to make the act. And then a mom or dad is like, Oh yeah, we want our kids to have that experience. Um, also I think that, you know, I, I do a lot of work on my Instagram and there are other people who do incredible work, people who have disabilities themselves and, you know, going and following those people and then sharing that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. If you feel like you're not quite sure how to phrase it, let somebody else say it for you is always a great thing to do. Okay. So speak to those of us who are just afraid we're going to say the wrong words. Can, can we really, I mean, should we be so afraid or yeah. <laughs> like, well, or so should we just say something? I mean, saying something is better than saying nothing at all. I will be super mm-hmm. honest, you know, mm-hmm. and I know the fear and I have so much compassion for that too. Of just, again, like it wasn't that long ago where I felt very new to this world and I felt mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable and I get that, mm-hmm. but I would push gently back on that with a word to just say, but this isn't about you and your comfort. Right. And if we can go forward and I, I like to give families just like three little lines that you can, you can say to your friend who has a child with disabilities, you can say something along the lines of, um, Hey, well, okay. So, so if, let me, let me back up a tiny bit because if you, I want to say too, that if you are closer friends with them, you know, I think there's an element of like, if you don't know them very well, it's okay to not feel like, you know, every intricacy of their disability. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to get to know a mom and you are spending time with them and you are good friends, I mean, saying something like, Hey, what are you guys working on in therapy right now? That's a Mm -hmm. great way to open the door with a mom friend and allowing her to kind of say, Hey, here's some hard things. Here are some good things. And they can also Kind of just be like, oh, you know, just the usual. And if it's too hard to talk about right then. Yeah. Um, another thing that you can say is, hey, how can I make our time together successful? Um, mm-hmm. That's a great way to open up the door. And they can say, you know, 
meeting at that park is really hard for me because my child might run away. I really need an enclosed space or, Mm. um, you know, that kind of, um, having, I know for my daughter, like everybody having the same thing makes my life a little bit easier. But when somebody brings out like a whole bunch of choices and variety, sometimes things just get really hard and Mm -hmm. it can, um, for me, like, Oh man, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but my friends can't know that unless I do that. And so as long as they know it, I can say, Hey, like, yeah, just having consistency in the food and, um, she can't eat these things. So maybe not serving those things. Cause then she will have a tantrum, you know, that kind of thing. And then lastly, always asking a mom and just saying, Hey, how can I pray for you today? Mm. How are you feeling about disabilities today? Mm-hmm. And that allows you to pinpoint the moment, just like any grief, you know, it's very hard mm-hmm. to sum up, but if you ask right now, how are you doing that? I think helps the mom be able to say, you know, today's a hard day. It's, mm-hmm. it's a mild Day. It's the first day of school. It's uh, the first the day she got diagnosed. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. something like that. Or, hey, today we're having a good day. You know, it's where I'm doing great, and I feel I feel good about it. It allows her mm-hmm. to have options in how she speaks. So, those are kind of three or four things that I think you can say mm-hmm. to a mom um, that opens the door in a gentle way, and mm-hmm. also I think helps give you confidence in being able to talk about stuff. Totally, I love that so much, and. Just a few minutes ago when you were talking and my, my, I was wanting to go different directions, I did want to circle back as we close to just the topic of eternity. I love that you mentioned that. And I had the opportunity to spend some time with my nephew, Micah, who has muscular dystrophy just last fall. And, and, and I loved talking to him about that and just reminding him that, you know, this life is so short. Like, really? Yeah. There will be a day where this wheelchair is no longer needed and where and and it was like his eyes kind of lit up as he was kind of imagining, wow, one day I will be free and I will have, you know, all the ability that other kids have to run and play and do the things that they do and and so I think to just a good reminder for parents who are going through this, maybe a newer diagnosis is just what we do on this earth matters a lot, but it is going to be and and you know, I've I've been reminded of this talking to elderly and talking about elderly and just like eternity is a long time. And so there's so much more to look forward to. So I just love that you um, touched on that and think it's something important for the parents going through this to remember. Yeah. I, you know, that has been such a truth for me to cling to. And there's no other religion in the world that says, Hey, in heaven, you're going to get a renewed body that God is going to make you new. I mean, that is like a beautiful truth that is unique to Christianity Mm -hmm. that promises us full healing. And I am so thankful that the Bible speaks to disability, doesn't shy away from it, even as it is a hard topic. And also that it offers that hope for us. And like you Mm -hmm. said, I mean, 60, 70, 80 years is a really short time when you Mm -hmm. compare it to eternity. Mm -hmm. And I think too, there's an element that I think as a parent gives me hope which is that idea of like the first shall be last. And I often think, Lord, what do you have for my daughter? And, you know, what do you have for her now? I'm so excited to discover what he has for her today here on earth, but also like, and what could the possibilities be? Because Mm. she is in a category that people would say that is the least, you know, Mm. people who have significant disabilities, that is a hard path. And Mm. I think harder for some than others and acceptance is harder for some than others. But the reality that just seeing how Jesus moved towards people in the gospels, Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a radar for people with Mm -hmm. disabilities. He went straight to them and he healed so many, but he, he he didn't heal everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't heal everyone Mm -hmm. on the planet at that time. Mm -hmm. And, 
And so we know that sometimes our healing for our children is not until heaven. Mm. Um, but we also know that God has a great plan and mm. that his heart is for the disabled and his heart is tender towards them. And I, you know, I don't necessarily have like this great biblical basis for it, but I, I really believe that there is going to be some really unique and beautiful things for people who suffer through disabilities mm. here on earth. Yeah. And that perhaps the world will be turned upside down in heaven, uh, down kingdom where, you know, our kids are the ones teaching us deep truths of the gospel, wow. or wow. they are some of the leaders in the ways that God mandates out his care in the new earth. Mm. So I don't know, it's fun to think about and, you know, we can't know for sure, but we can know that God's good, that he's kind mm. and he has a great plan for us. And that, you know, this isn't disabilities is, is not a, uh, it's not a death blow. It's mm. not end of the road for us. It is not a one-way ticket to a bad life. In mm -hmm. fact, it's a, if you let it, a one-way ticket to a life full of joy and beauty and becoming more like Jesus. And mm -hmm. that's what we all want. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I think mm -hmm. there's probably a lot of people who needed to hear those words and they were beautiful. So thank you mm -hmm. so much. All right. Well, then before we close, I have a feeling you won't have any trouble sharing something amazing currently in your life. Is there some way that God has shown you a pleasant surprise or something that's caused you wonder? I, I love this question. I love how you're defining amazing. And I think that's just um, such a fun thing to reflect on. And, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit and maybe this is, I don't, I don't think you're going to say it silly, but I feel kind of silly saying it, which is, I think something that I've found wonder in lately is just in writing poetry. It's kind of a new discovery for me. I um, kind of have gone through all the phases as a writer from testing out memoir, nonfiction, fiction, kids books, adult books, all the things. Uh, but about a year and a half ago, I started writing, writing poetry. And it actually happened because I homeschooled my kids for a year during the COVID year. And um, we were reading poetry just on assignment. And I got to tell you, I was like, wait, this is poetry. Poetry can be this beautiful. I can understand yeah. it. Like, you know, I had all these revelations yeah. and it was funny because then I started writing and really allowing my emotions to come through my writing. Wow. And I have really discovered, I, I, I often think of poetry as discovery and mm -hmm. figuring out what I really believe, what I really think, where God's hand wow. is at. And so it has been a huge gift, I think, to me to discover not just a new form of writing, but like a new way of learning about totally. the Lord. And it's totally. been very Oh, I love that. I love that. My my college, my young adult sons love writing and reading poetry. And so I love, is there a certain type of poetry you write? I know there's like all these categories, but yeah, I always feel I like mean, that can hold me back if I'm trying to follow the rules or do you just do like free flow poetry? I do not follow rules. I'm okay. Rule okay. Good. Yeah. Um, I think it's just called modern poetry. There we you go. Know. I love it. I yeah. want to try doing more of that. I'm like, my you boys should. have inspired me. So yes. Well, we'll definitely be linking to uh, your Instagram feed and your podcast, all the things that you've done. Um, but if someone wants to just jump on and follow you now, where can they find you? Sure. Yeah. I'm at Laura Whiffler um, on Instagram and Facebook. And then of course, laurawhiffler.com. That's where you can find pretty much the hub of all of my work and books and links to Risen Motherhood and all sorts of things like that. So great. Well, thank you so much. I just appreciate your time and your story and your heart. And so just thank you for all the encouragement today. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Okay. Aloha. 
friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and I really do pray that it encouraged and blessed you, and I would love, again, for you to share it with your friends. And you can do that on social media really easily by just taking a screenshot right here of the podcast and sharing it to an Instagram story or to Facebook. If you do so, please do tag me on Instagram. I'm at Monica Swanson underscore, and um, I'd love to share those as well. So uh, links to all the things we talked about and some notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. This specific episode will be also found at monicaswanson.com forward slash Laura dash Wiffler, W-I-F-L-E-R. All right, guys, I love hearing from you. If you have a topic request or an interview request, you can always send that to me in an email. You can also just say hi. I love to get your emails. You can do that at aloha at monicaswanson.com. Okay, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.